Welcome to A Certain Point of View live stream. I am joined by Drew Miller. What's up, Drew? How's everybody doing tonight, guys? How are you doing, Michael, I guess? Oh, Just man, us, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good, man. I'm, I'm exhausted, but I'm doing great. You know, just out traveling, working here uh, for the summer. Well, actually, for life, but just out specifically during the summer, doing everything. We just moved to another county fair, and we're getting ready to go. Uh, open Tuesday, so I got a little bit of downtime. Not much, but some. Yeah, man, that's great. That's awesome. Uh, I'm really glad you could join me on here. Y'all, we decided to go live stream this time. Uh, because I, first of all, I just want to, I just want to like tell you my thought process here. Um, <laughs> this is all, uh, I'm kind of just like in a phase where I'm just going to be, I might be trying a bunch of new stuff with the podcast. And so, um, I'm just, I noticed, I remember back when the Mandalorian was going season two, particularly, and we were doing live stream reviews every week. And it was so much fun because we had so much community engagement in the group. And like, we were talking uh, we were just like, we, we would get on and we would do live streams and dude, those live streams would last like three hours. Sometimes I don't want that necessarily this time. Uh, but, um, in fact, I really don't want that at all. <laughs> those are really exhausting, but it is a lot of fun because, um, podcasting is a lot of fun, but it's really only as much fun as your community is. If that makes sense, it's only really fun when you have a community that you're involved in doing the podcast. And so like, I just noticed lately we haven't been doing that and we haven't been doing, uh, we haven't been doing a whole lot of community engagement through the podcast lately. And I'm wanting to like kind of switch things up a bit. And so I'm going to be trying some live stream stuff and see what happens there. And definitely while the bad batch is on, I'm going to be trying to do live streams every week and doing, you know, reviews on that, because that's the other thing that I'm adjusting to is that I did not initially plan on doing a weekly live or a weekly episode on the bad batch. But since the bad batch has come out, I have been just enthralled by it. I've been loving it. And there's way more to pull out of these episodes than I ever could have imagined. And I'm just having a blast. I want to talk to people about it. And so, um, yeah, so that's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be talking tonight about season one, episode seven battle scars, and, uh, but before we do that, uh, let's, before we do that, let's get to this really quick. So Drew actually finished light of the Jedi recently. And this is something that I've actually not, uh, I read like a part of it and I haven't read, like, I think I've read like a third of it, pretty much that whole first section, uh, where that initial incident is happening. I read that. And then for whatever reason, I just haven't finished it yet. But I loved it so far. But Drew did just finish it. And so I would like to hear Drew's spoiler-free thoughts because I think a lot of people probably haven't finished Light of the Jedi yet, um, although I know some have. But Drew, what were your thoughts on Light of the Jedi? Again, spoiler-free. I, I can go spoiler-free, I'm pretty sure. Uh, it exceeded my expectations, you know. Uh, it was a lot of fun to kind of explore this new i mean absolutely new era of the timeline that we had little to no information from and i'm glad that disney and lucasfilm are exploring this with uh series comic books and obviously the novels too and i was a little late to the party reading light of the jedi but as soon as i got into it it was hard to 
put down. I was doing an audio book, so it was hard yeah. to hit pause on. And I just really ran through it pretty quick, but I tried to pace myself because it was really enjoyable. Um, I really love a, a lot of the new Jedi characters and uh, kind of the state of the Republic. And the, the Republic during this time is in an era of extreme growth and transformation and things are changing and it's really a, a heightened sense of we're learning about the entire galaxy the entire galaxy is coming together and learning about each other and uh, one of the big focal points of the story is the starlight beacon which is this big mobile uh station that's mm -hmm. out in space that serves as a communications relay but also this big uh communal space station for you to be able to learn about other cultures and it's a space station trading market uh there's a jedi enclave on board and uh, so it revolves around that but obviously uh, one thing it revolves around and one of the large points is hyperspace travel and some of the dangers and unknown things thereof that happen and that's really in the first act is uh th there's an accident regarding an emergence as they call it in a hyperspace lane that causes the ship to be destroyed and all the parts of the ship kind of fly out they exit hyperspace and they're destroying planets and all this other thing and so the jedi are tasked by the republic to help investigate it so that's kind of the premise of the book and you find out there's some things going on the villain of the book is a group called the nihil which i originally thought of darth nihilus or however you pronounce it from knights of the old republic 2 i was like oh is there gonna be an italian so far no that's just a cool name because they appear out of nowhere as their battle tactic and strategy. Uh, so th they were a very fun villain. They actually, they were way better than I thought they were going to be. I thought, okay, it's going to be like a, you know, pirate situation, these bands of marauders, but they are far more than that. It's a very fun story. Uh, there's a Trandoshan Jedi. There's a Wookiee Jedi. Uh, lots of different types of Jedi species that you haven't seen before that are fun to follow. Some new force abilities. Uh, that you've never heard of or seen. And uh, they were a lot of fun to read and experience. I did the audio book just off the iTunes store and it was, it was, it was really enjoyable. So, you know, spoiler free. There's my thoughts. You do visit and awesome. hear from some different planets that are uh, lesser heard of, or maybe from legends. And that's pretty fun. Uh, Manon from Nazi Old Republic one gets a shout out. And uh, I thought that was a lot of cool. So yeah, it was a, it was a really fun book. I do recommend reading it and getting into some of this High Republic content. Apparently, there's a whole lot of it coming out. I mean, there's a lot of High Republic content. They're doing a lot of comic books and things like that. Oh, the Acolyte series is going to be uh, uh, maybe tied into that a little bit. That'll be fun. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Um, in Knights of the Republic, it was a uh, culto, was this. Uh, synthetic stuff that they harvested on the planet Manon and Bacta took its place. Uh, my friend Warrior is in the chat saying hi to us. What's up, Warrior? And, uh, he noticed he he noticed and pointed out a lot of Easter eggs that uh, I that kind of went a little bit over my head. But it's a really enjoyable book. So spoiler free. You should definitely read it, especially if uh kind of the lore and mysticism of it is a thing that you're into. So there yeah. you go. That's awesome, man. I I was really digging it. I have the, I th and I've talked about this many times on the podcast. I am really just bad at finishing books. <laughs> like I am just unbelievably bad at finishing books and it's, it's really annoying to me, but I want to get better at it. I'm, I, it's a goal of mine to get better at finishing books. So, 
uh, I do plan on it. I do plan on uh, I do plan on saying uh, or on finishing reading it at some point. And so, uh, but I'm excited, man. I think that there's going to be some really cool stuff in the whole the whole High Republic era. And uh, I'm really pumped to to dig into that one. And then they did they not re- just release the uh, like the next main book of that too? Yes, I believe they did. And I think it's called Into the Dark, which is uh, what was said in the chat there. I, I think I could be completely wrong, but uh, I'm hooked enough that I'm for sure going to buy and keep going into this series going forward. And I think it's going to really add some great canon stuff um, to the Star Wars universe. I'm very excited about it. Hmm. Yeah, man. I love it. I love it. So let's do this. Uh, let's get into the episode of the Bad Batch for this week. And I am I'm really pumped to talk about this. This is a big episode. And uh, Drew, let's just first of all, yeah. let's just get your thoughts. So since you're you're already talking, let's go ahead and get your thoughts on what did you think about this week's episode of the Bad Batch? Some very heavy and interesting new implications have been introduced to the squad here uh, with the introduction of Rex uh, to the scene now, which we knew we was, he was going to show up eventually. Uh, but it was a, it was a big episode. I mean, yeah. it was, it, you could watch it from the outside casually and enjoy it and say, Oh yeah, that was a lot of fun. But if you look at it deeper, there is, I mean, there's some stuff about to hit the fan, especially uh, what happened at the end with, you know, I mean, wait, spoilers are good. Obviously, we're doing a live stream of it. Uh, when the, when they're kind of found and discovered, who did the Scrapper Guild contact? Who's going to come hunt for them? I believe Crosshair. And mm-hmm. I think we're due for a Crosshair episode. Uh, it was just, it was a lot of, it, it was fun, but it was also dark and pretty frightening at a few moments and uh, had some really cool callbacks to some not pleasant moments from the Clone Wars and also uh jedi fallen order so i thought it was an incredible episode that uh really is going to spring us into the next chapter of what's going on with the bad batch yeah i agree man it's it was i cannot tell you how happy i was that it was rex that the contact was rex um because you know some people started throwing out some pretty you know crazy theories there was the obvious ones like rex was an obvious one ahsoka was an obvious one although uh Trace or Rafa did say patch him through. So I kind of figured once I think you pointed that out actually to me that's that someone that she said him. And so once once I figured that out, it was like, okay, well, I bet it's Rex then. And so either him or Bail Organa. So those were like the two like probable ones for me. But then people started like saying some weird ones like Mace Windu and like (laughs) just like these really crazy names of people and i'm like y'all okay like i get it like you want to see all these people like that are beloved in the star wars universe whether it's legends or canon or like people prequels or whatever but i also feel like you have to look at what show this is this is the bad batch this is this if mace windu i don't condone this because i don't want it (laughs) uh i i want more mace windu content but i think it should be uh, I think it should be pre like previous to him dying so that we can actually see so that we, so that we don't cheapen his death. I, I hate it. It's a, it's a pet peeve for me when we cheapen a character's death uh, by bringing, by bringing the characters back all the time after they die. And so like, to me, it was a really powerful death and 
Mace Windu should stay dead. But if they do bring him back, I don't want, I don't feel like they would bring him back in the bad batch. It doesn't make any sense to me. It does like, this is, that's not really what the show is about. And he wouldn't get the time he deserves to come when he, if he came back and all that, you know? So I feel like Rex really made a ton of sense for this. And, um, by the way, major Lord of the Rings vibes in the scene where he came in, where we saw him yeah. in the bar for the first time, uh, with like Strider sitting in the bar, uh, sitting in the bar, like kind of watching the hobbits so much, like yeah. so much like Lord of the Rings there. And I, <laughs> it made me very happy. And I know Dave Filoni loves his Lord of the Rings. So I don't feel like that's a coincidence, <laughs> but oh, dude, I love yeah, that actually. Oh. Sorry, go ahead, dude. No, no, I was saying that actually got brought up in the comment by by, uh, by Warrior. There, he was a. Uh, I think I, I sent that to him. Like, hey, I kind of got a little Lord of the Rings action from that, and it was either right as you said it in our Facebook group, or like right around the same time. I was like, what a coincidence. Yeah, but I'd recently watched Lord of the Rings, so it was fresh on my mind. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but yeah. dude, I love this episode. I thought it was so good. I just in general, it was so good to see Rex again. Rex is one of my favorite characters from the Clone Wars. Just like I think he's like one of everybody's favorite characters from the Clone Wars. Oh, but yeah. um, you know, seeing him interact with these guys again, and um, and then dude, this uh, you know the the planet uh, is it, is it Baca? Is that is that what it's called? Baca. Uh, Bracca. Bracca. Oh, Bra- Bra- Bracca. 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 Yeah. There. Yeah, yeah. 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 You're right. So I haven't, I have, I haven't played the game, um, and so, uh, I, yeah, I haven't played the game, and so you know, uh, Fallen Order, and so I didn't recognize the place, but the way that they did that, I thought made a whole lot of sense uh, with you know the shipping kind of a graveyard scenario. But man, I have to say the the views and like the shots of like the landscape with the ships and all that in this scene were incredible it was like it was so cinematic and just those big wide shots of of uh, of the planet with all the ships i just thought it was beautiful with the lighting and all that and once they actually walked inside the ship um you could still see some of the sunlight and stuff it really reminded me of the force awakens with ray whenever we get are introduced to ray when she's scavenging uh, one of the star destroyers. It really kind of gave me those vibes with the lighting and um, you know, the abandoned ship. And so I, I loved it. I thought that was so good, man. One of my favorite things about this episode was the tension building. Something that they did so well was we knew we kind I kind of knew like at some point in this episode, wreckers gonna, it's going to happen. Like I just kind of had this sense and through the whole episode, they're kind of, they're subtly building there and subtly building there. And then it gets to the point where it's like, okay, this isn't subtle anymore. It's happening. And then when it does happen, it is, I'm, I'm sitting there just like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Is some, who's going to die? Is someone going to die? I really didn't know. And it was, it was dude, it was a really fun watch, but it was also really tough. Um, It was, it was so, it was very sad and heartbreaking, but also just scary. And, um, but yeah, the tension, I loved the tension built up there, um, throughout the whole episode and, um, really well directed and edited episode. And, uh, and then of course, D Bradley Baker, good Lord, (laughs) that man, I hope he's getting paid a lot of money (laughs) for this show. 
he is a he is superhuman. Yeah, he I, really I was, is. I've understood that he doesn't even record the voices separately. Like he doesn't do all of records from episode, all of text. He apparently does it in a. I've or it could be a joke that he like goes in between characters in a single recording session, is what I've understood. And they got to go back and double it, but here they're filling like background chatter. But I've heard that's the case, and I wouldn't doubt it one bit. That's crazy, man. Man, it's so good. Yeah, I mean, he is he's he phenomenal. Is he's phenomenal because it's it's crazy because it's like I'm watching these characters and they're voiced by the same guy, but they all have distinctly different voices. Even the ones that are so, like similar, like you got Echo, Rex, and Hunter. They all have like they're all in the ballpark of each other. You know what I mean? They're not like they're not all they're those those ones are not all that different. But then, but like they are different enough. It's like subtle differences, and the fact that he knows what subtle differences to do for each character, and like. I don't know, man. It's crazy. And then obviously you have the exaggerated ones like Echo and, or I'm sorry, like Tech and like Wrecker. And, uh, but yeah, dude, so freaking good. I love D I love Bradley Wrecker. Baker. I, I know. I know. Me too, man. I just love it. It, it's, it's not even that it's like a different accent or like projection. The inflection, the personality, everything is so vastly different between all of them. And that's just, I have a lot of respect lately uh past few years i've been kind of looking like like people who do voice acting that is really something people don't talk about enough and give credit for it's i mean especially uh you know our man mark hamill himself and his mm. voice acting career it's a lot of fun well man i got a young niece and nephew and they're you know they're watching a lot of movies i'm like hey i recognize oh that's nicholas cage how cool is that <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude oh yes um so let's get to this. Let's start. Let's kind of go back to the very beginning. So at the beginning, you know, we see the we see the clones talking to um, I am forgetting her name at this point. What's her name? Uh, Sid. 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 Yeah. C-I-D. Yeah. So we see Sid. She's she's talking to the clones. And, um, you know, again, we're doing this thing. We're talking to Sid and we're kind of realizing like. Uh, we're kind of, we're kind of exploring this idea again, that the clones are just doing, or the, the bad batch is really is right now. They're just doing all of this stuff for money and it's not necessarily what's best for them in the long run. And again, they're just kind of discovering, like, <laughs> they're kind of like, I feel like Hunter's constantly wrestling with it. Like, is this worth it? Like, is this good? Is this what we need to be doing right now? And to the point where he's like, they're, where they are questioning Sid, like, I don't see how this is mutually beneficial for us. Uh, and, and, you know, it turns out that Sid is really, Sid's really doesn't, she, she's not caring about them at all. She really just wants, you know, she's really just caring about herself and uh, looking out for number one and, uh, telling the clones what to do and she's keeping up she's keeping tabs on like what money that they owe and all this stuff and so like they're they're not even they're doing all this stuff they're capturing these bounties for her not even knowing where you know where she gets these jobs from what the bounty is going to they're they have no idea how their actions are affecting others and they're doing all this 
for a very small payment at this point and is like, is this worth it? And I think, I think we are, I think we're still kind of, yeah. It, Warrior says, I don't trust Sid. Yeah, I don't either, man. <laughs> Not at all. But like, I, I just, I feel like we keep going back to this kind of a theme of choice. Like we're, that's kind of the steady theme throughout the whole show. And I, I really, I really love that. And I love how we're exploring. Like, I really feel like Hunter is at the, at the brink of, you know, at the end of this episode, we actually hear him say, I have to do what's best for my, me and my squad. And I feel like they're on the verge of, of not doing the bounty hunter thing anymore. And so from that point, like, I wonder if Sid, like, is Sid going to come after them at that point? Because like she has them under her thumb. And then after, you know, other than that, we know crosshair is coming at some point soon, all this stuff. So it's, it's, it's shaping up to be pretty intense, but, I do really love that we keep going back to this idea, uh, to this idea of choice. And this, this, you know, Hunter is kind of just, just constantly asking, like, is this, are we doing the right thing? And then like last week, even talking to Rafa at the very end of the episode, there was this really great moment where it was like, he knew the right thing to do and he chose to do the right thing, even though it would affect them negatively with Sid. And I just feel like that character development is really starting to, is really starting to show. And I think it's really going to keep showing. Um, And I think the idea of choice and clones, like the idea of exploring choice and like our actions are what we choose. We have the choice of our actions. We choose what we do and you don't tell us what to do. I find that very interesting with specifically the clone characters because that's the exact opposite of what they were intended for. And so, yeah, any thoughts on like, what did you think of, you know, the introduction uh, to the episode and like any of those themes that were kind of introduced, reintroduced to us? I'm glad you brought up themes because you know, it's another theme that we saw all throughout the clone Wars, specifically from season three on that's being brought back in the expendability of the clones and then oh, being yeah. viewed as whatever, just like kind of like the droid army, like what's the difference between them? You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. the Pong Krell, uh, the terror of uh, Master Pong Krell art, you know, you have uh, your expendable, what what are you calling a nickname? You're CT7567, you're not blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I know that's Rex's number, but you know, <laughs> we're seeing it with Sid. She doesn't, she doesn't care. They're just another group of bounty hunters, uh, and ends to a means to an end, or what the phrase is for her. That's all she is. Yeah, the, the the regs, and that was actually one of my other favorite moments I was gonna bring up when Rex shows up and Omega's like, Oh, I thought you didn't like regs. I really <laughs> thought he was gonna turn around and be like, Who's this little kid? Get out of here. But uh <laughs> he immediately, because Rex is a very caring person, like, Oh, who who is this? What's going on here? And uh yeah, I don't. I also don't trust Sid one bit, and it's it's possible that if the Empire doesn't send Crosshair after them, she gets in word to the Empire. She knows about these people if things go south with them, because you know she's going to lose business if the Bad Batch doesn't work with her anymore. So yeah. she's going to get somebody after them, and she's going to get it dealt with them one way or another. So yeah, it's a very dangerous situation. And I sensed, uh, I, I posted it either on Facebook or somewhere. I sense a lot of tension building between the batch and Sid. And it's not just from Hunter, who's clearly the leader. Every time they go in there, she directly insults 
or gives a good amount of grief to a different member of the batch. Like uh, I think last week she gave a lot of crap to Wrecker over something. She called tech goggles. Who knows what she thinks about Echo? <laughs> I mean, good, good gracious. The only person she hasn't really insulted yet is Omega other than uh, she said you got noodle arms or something like that. But she actually was nice and helped her. But yeah, I don't trust Sid. I think there's a very interesting plot line developing there. Um, yeah, to, to going back to the themes, the expendability of the clones, uh, that's an interesting thing that they're going back and uh, exploring that I've picked up on. And uh, like you were saying about Hunter, he is really uh, the, the his development is very interesting to watch. Like you said, the comment, I got to do what's best for my squad. And he made the tough choice with uh, the Martez sisters uh, to give them the uh, what is it? The uh, tactical droid. Yeah, the mm-hmm. tactical droid to give that up to them instead. So he's he's we, we got a lot of great stuff coming with Hunter that we've already gotten. Yeah, I mean, he's the clear cut leader of the Bad Batch, John Rambo in space, basically here, you <laughs> yeah. know, with mutations and whatnot. So we'll get Sylvester Stallone and Tamara Morrison to uh, do a Bad Batch in live action. Cross, yeah, Crosshair very well could and <laughs> should just take Sid out. I don't think he would hesitate to, and he'd get his information. Just, you know, you're dead. Mm-hmm. See you later, Lizard Lady. <laughs> but the introduction of uh the introduction uh with Rex like uh Aragorn oh. was really was really awesome. You know, they're <laughs> just in there and he's he's hanging out and you have the the bully aliens coming up and messing with him and all of a sudden blaster fire. You know, Sid kind of Sid, you know, Sid's like, oh what now in the batch is like, ooh, blaster fire, let's go see what they got excited. There's some it was some actual good action for them. Um, but yeah, so the I thought the uh, little opening, uh, the kind of, I guess like they call a cold opening in a show, the lizard heist with them uh, leaving a planet <laughs> with a lizard. I mean, yeah, th- th- this is for elite commandos and Omega, and she's sending them after lizards. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I, yeah. yeah, we got a rancor last week. Let's let's capture a lizard and name it Ruby. That'd be kind of funny. So I was like. This lizard must be worth some good money because there's people. I wouldn't chase somebody over a lizard. I don't know. So that's kind of wild to me. But uh, one of my other favorite parts from the opening was Omega and Wrecker sharing that. Uh, what was oh. it? It was like popcorn, but it had an actual name. Uh, yeah. Let me see here. I gotta forget the actual name. Mantel. Here. Mantel. Uh, Mantel mix. Mix. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mantel Dude. mix. Yeah, that's what. It, yeah. I like, love that some too. Popcorn. I know. And from what I understand, it actually is they actually sell basically that at Galaxy's Edge. But like uh people that I've seen uh what? people that do Warrior Warrior says that they will be selling it soon at Disney, most like or probably. And I'm like, no, it I think they actually are already. Oh, I believe it. Yeah, they actually have they from what I've seen, uh people have started people have said that. Uh, they actually have already sold those at, and it's it's pretty funny. They bring a sh- they bring a snack from Galaxy's Edge into the show. That's pretty brilliant, actually, <laughs> on Disney's perspective. But Warrior's right. He says m- just dollar signs, absolutely, one hundred percent. And uh, but dude, dollar, that scene bills. that scene introduces another theme for us in this. And and, and it, again, this is definitely another reoccurring thing. I think we kind of just know what the main themes of this show are you have you have choice and you have uh family and you have friendship and honestly those are those are some of the big ones in my mind i know there are there are definitely other ones but 
I, you know, you know me when I, when I watch star Wars, I'm looking for at least, I'm looking at least for the themes, uh, the basic themes throughout the episode or the movie or whatever. Those, I love looking that little bit of a level deeper. I'm not like an expert at it or anything like that, but there are some times where it's just so blatant what they're trying to do. They're really trying to, to hammer home to us. And in this episode, it was no different. In this episode, it was definitely, they were definitely trying to show us the relationship between Omega and Wrecker has really developed and kind of reminds me of the first couple episodes with Omega and Hunter. We've had a couple of those back to back with Omega and Wrecker. And I cannot say enough how much I love their relationship. It's such a beautiful, like, you know, uh, uncle and niece kind of a thing. It's, 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 it's really, or like almost even big brother, but they're very much friends who really care about each other so much. And I can't get over uncle Wrecker, man. It's so touching. And we'll talk about how it comes into play later. We'll talk about how it comes into play later in the episode and the big parts, but like, it's, it's so beautiful. That whole, that whole story, you know, that through line of the episode where, uh, where we see them just as friends and it, it, it's like, it makes the, the emotional stuff at the end really resonate for me. Had a huge payoff at the end. And also it's, I think it was, was it Hunter that was talking to him where Wrecker's all excited to go. They're like, it's tradition. We got to do it for the kid. And he's like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's for Omega and not for you. He's clearly <laughs> the one that enjoys going and getting this popcorn snack the most so yeah it's, it's tradition i'm sure yeah that was a that was great and like i said it had a big a big payoff at the end nice emotional payoff i really loved that at the end it was great <laughs> put it on sid's tab <laughs> oh, i love that yeah i i i oh, really yeah because they were like because i'm sure uh, i'm sure tech and echo both are like they have it like to the penny like the accounting of like all the credits that are in and out and they're like 20 whatever things of space popcorn what 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 is this they're just bewildered and sid just thinks it's so great and they have no clue that record and omega are out there buying and doing who knows what because they found a tab yeah i mean who who knows what else they've gotten into i think it was listed but they were just shocked because like we've not bought any of that well somebody has <laughs> yeah i just At, thought that was a because I just imagine those two being so on top of the batch's finances. <laughs> they would be. They I feel like they definitely would be the ones. Um, but yeah, so we leave. Uh, oh, yeah. oh, okay. So no, we're not leaving yet. We're not leaving just yet. There's a very important part here. After, you know, we uh after we we meet Rex, we see Rex again for the first time in this show. And uh, and all that happens, they they kind of uh, they start talking a little bit. Wrecker and Omega come downstairs, and uh, Rex and Rex meets Omega, and I really like this part. It was it's uh, it's it's not like a really critical part, but I do think it's really cool. Um, I I just really like this for some reason. It's Omega. I just find is such an interesting character, and I feel like she's so charming. It's she's not remotely irritating. She's naive, but she's no. also very smart. She's also very intuitive, but she's just naive and young and inexperienced. But at the same time, 
every episode, I feel like there's something that she does in the episode. And I'm just like, man, that was awesome. Good for you. Like, um, but like in this scene in particular, she meets, she meets Rex and Rex is like, I've met a lot of clones in my time, but none like you or something like that. And she goes, she looks at him like kind of curious. And she says, you're generation one. And he's like, now, how did you know that? And she said, the lines on your face. <laughs> Basically, just calling him old. <laughs> I love that so much. That part was, yeah, that part was incredible because she was like, "Oh, you can tell I'm a clone. I know when you were born. That's how much I know about clones, old man." <laughs> right? That was yeah. Part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was great, and um, and so you know, right after this part, Wrecker starts to have some headaches again, and um. And they bring he brings it up, and tech tech says, and they're becoming more and more frequent. And Rex, the way that he stood up and was like, "No, no," it was just so. It was he. It was like right back into this traumatic state that he was in. Just what, however long it's been, just a few days ago, I guess, or you know, maybe a few weeks, but. Uh, it was like he went right back to the ship where he was having to fend off his brothers. He puts his hand, he puts his hand on his, on his gun even. And it's just like, and they they had to be like Rex calm down or captain, you know, calm down captain basically. And it was, it was really, it was a really like tense scene, but Rex was absolutely right. He was like, you haven't removed your chips and hunters or, uh, and, uh, tech is like, no, not yet. <laughs> like, I mean, we're going to eventually. We just haven't prioritized yeah, whatever. it. Whatever, it'll it'll happen. And um, I just I thought that was really funny how lackadaisical he was. And Rex is like, "You have no idea how dangerous this is. Uh, you you will have no control. I didn't. I didn't have control." And um, I just thought it was a really powerful scene. What did you think of that scene? It was, and a standoff from the comments there is a perfect way to describe it. It was very tense, but it was also very telling of where Rex is as a character and his growth. Because, you know, obviously we have a very large Rex time gap as far as when we last see him with Ahsoka into where we see him in Rebels when he's like, you know, old man, he's got the Santa Claus beard and everything. And so it's very interesting to see what he went through. So he's kind of just like the batch he's on the run the empire thinks he's dead and he said that's a great way to be dead in the empire's eyes is a great place to be and uh i was like man we were, we're really seeing and i think i said this on our podcast a few weeks ago i really thought we were going to possibly see this from a few of the either the batch uh guys or somebody else that appears is um the clones really coming to terms with where they are in the galaxy and what has happened and how it's affecting them mentally and we saw a very unstable rex in this moment yeah thank goodness it was the batch and not some other you know regs or somebody else because that that standoff could have went it could have went south very very quickly and yeah Yeah. uh i guess the only one i do you know have seen the effect of the chip on was crosshair but later when they see uh what it did to rex oh my goodness uh they really figured it out so Yeah. yeah crosshair was a Cross Crosshair took that chip pretty badly, <laughs> needless to say. 
I love how in StreamYard you can put the comments and stuff up there. I'm glad we're enjoying using StreamYard. It really is good. I'm I'm like playing around with it while you're talking. It's it's really great. This is <laughs> for those of you if uh, for those of you in here who haven't uh, been on here when I tried to do a live stream before. Um, uh, you missed, you missed something for sure. Uh, this is StreamYard is just best, the best that I've, I, I used OBS and it was just ridiculous for me. It's so, it's so much and it's so confusing and I had audio issues and StreamYard is just so easy. I, I'm not even paid by them. I'm not, they're, they're not endorsed. I'm not endorsing them, uh, or sponsored by them or whatever, but I am, I'm just loving this. This is fantastic. So much fun. But, um, yeah, you guys, as we talk about this, as we talk about the show, um, and, and all that continue to leave some comments, we will address, you know, we may not get to every single one right away, but we will continue to address the comments and then we'll have just comments later. Um, if, if they continue, but we'll, we'll continue to address some, if, especially if they're on topic to what we're, we're talking about. So keep them coming. I love it. Um, yeah. okay. So, so we are in this, you know, we're, we leave the planet basically, what we find out on the ship, uh, we we leave the planet that we're on, um, and the uh, we find out on the ship that we're basically going to, we're basically going to meet Rex. Uh, we're going to rendezvous with Rex on uh, on Braca or Braca, whatever it is, and Brachiosaurus. Yeah, on Brachiosaurus. Chewbacca. <laughs> Chewbacca. Chewbacca. Oh man, there's so many things you can do here. <laughs> so many ways to mess up saying this. <laughs> But uh yeah, so we arrive on 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 Bracca and it's 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 so good. Hey, Warrior, uh what is your favorite Easter egg? Uh you, you just said your favorite Easter egg is coming up. Tell us what your favorite Easter egg is. I'm uh I'm curious. So we get here and and we see this, like I said earlier in my kind of intro here, these massive shots of you know the landscape with the the planet with the ships kind of just laying on the the ships just laying on the ground haven't been uh haven't been moved or you know touched in in years and years and you know like the like venator venator class ships i love i love like all those name drops there but um this is just it, it's just such a i i just can't say enough about how beautiful this show is like visually the lighting and oh, yeah. the the cinematography of the of this animated show is blowing my mind. And uh, like I said, when they, when they actually go onto the, the Venator ship, uh, it really gives me force awakens vibes where we're being introduced to Ray and she's being a scavenger. And it really, really gives me those vibes because you see, you know, they're, you're inside the ship, but then you also see uh, the sun kind of coming in. You can see some rays of sun coming in from the outside and it's just kind of, uh it's it's beautiful and uh it's it's really really uh, cinematic and i just think what this show is doing visually is insane it's it's insane but uh what did you think you of really all that you really need to play fallen order you really need to play fallen order because uh so for those of you in the chat don't know the the video game ea lasted jedi fallen order uh it follows the story of an apprentice who survived order 66 and this is where the game starts, is on this planet. He is working for the Scrapper Guild, uh, kind of decomming and scrapping out all these old ships and stuff like that. And I actually really think that the ship they go in is the ship from that game, because when order you 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 go through the game and there's various flashbacks. 
And at one point you have to kind of play through and there's a cutscene for Order 66. Their ship was stationed above Baraka and went down. So they're, the ship they go in and use the medical facility, I actually think that is the ship from the game. Uh, oh, because be... it wasn't there kind of part you know like scrapyard status it was just there so i just that's a, that's headcanon you can't really turn that off for me uh but <laughs> that game you see bracca at night and there's some like lightning flashes and rain so to see it during the day was a complete complete change that was really incredible uh i'm anxious to learn a little bit more about the scrapper guild are they going to play a part in the future i know there's a canon comic out there somewhere uh in the sequel trilogy timeline where leia sends some sort of special force to bracca for something mm-hmm. uh and i don't really know much of the storyline there i just read it the other day so that was uh, interesting to know that you know this could be connected across some different eras and that's always good to have uh inner era continuity inner era continuity wow let's not say that three times fast that'd be a bad idea inner era continuity. Uh, it was a, inner it was, era. <laughs> <laughs> you nearly got it it was just a really beautiful planet like i said the, the, the shots and the lighting of the show are far it's far beyond what i expected i knew it was gonna look good but dang you know that's like, that's like they've they've put the work in this they're not they're not cheapening us in any manner one bit i will say that so yeah the journey to bracket was cool but also the way on the way there i don't remember the details of it but there was a conversation in and amongst the bad batch like can we trust rex what do we know about this guy um is he leading us into a trap what's he trying to do here do we even need to do anything with these inhibitor ships? So I thought that was interesting that Rex uh, kind of had to earn their trust in a way, which we know yeah, Rex, that... we love Rex. You know, we all trust him, but they didn't uh, for whatever reason. But obviously they'd been through some stuff and had their reasons, I'm sure. That's true. Yeah, that's a great point, dude. I'm glad you said that. It It, it is funny. Like, um, well, at least it, it did seem, it, it seemed like, Rex kind of had to earn it kind of seemed like they had to earn their trust back but really it was just like he had to earn Omega's trust because he was I feel like the other guys know Rex the other guys trust Rex because they've been in battle with him um they've they've seen Rex and they they know him Wrecker even gave him a hug he was like hey (laughs) look who's here and you know I they trust him and certainly Echo trusts Rex and um and, and so but I I uh I really, I really like that idea though that Omega had to kind of or, or uh, Rex had to kind of earn the trust of Omega because Omega was she kind of looked at him kind of funny at first and then, you know, like she's probably thinking, do we need to can, should we follow him? But as, on the other hand, she definitely trusts the you know she trusts Hunter and uh, oh, but dude, you're right though because like at the end she was like at the end she was like this is very dangerous. Like, what if this doesn't work? You guys are just trusting this guy. Like, what if it doesn't work? It worked for him. What if it doesn't work for us? And I'll be, I'll be all alone. We'll talk about that point later, but like, I really, that's a great point that she, she probably just doesn't fully trust him as much as she would have trusted the others. Yeah. She was very apprehensive of Rex. And like you said, the comic got brought up with the hug. They didn't like Rex. So that was a, that was funny. Cause they really didn't like the regs, I guess, especially after Order 66 when they changed. So it's funny how much they're rubbing off on Omega. She's like one of the guys now. It's yeah, funny. absolutely, dude. I love that. And so Warrior actually says, 
the music and everything makes the vibes intense pre-order 66 vibes because we don't know what will happen just an idea so i love this thought because i actually have in my notes specifically the music on bracca with rex is that if you go back and you watch the last two episodes of the clone wars with order 66 and then the finale you have this like really different like blade runner type of a score as opposed to what we're used to in star wars and it's like really ominous synth based um yes. score uh really ominous lots of atmosphere and like um uh, it's very the best word is ominous. I keep saying that, but like that's the best word for it. Oh. But um that is very present here throughout the the whole episode. Once Rex showed up, I feel like they used Rex's presence to kind of bring in this um this feeling of like this uh, we don't know how this is gonna go. This it's brought this really darkness to the episode. And man, that music, I'm glad you brought the music up, Warrior, because that it really did. It's it's very go back and watch the episode, watch the Order 66 episode and watch this episode and tell me you don't hear a similarity. Um, and, and it is it's it's very, very rem reminiscent of that. And I think that's very intentional. Kevin Kreiner knows what he's doing. And honestly, this episode had great music all the way through. That's actually one of the great things about the Bad Batch is the music has been incredible. And I like to think I'm pretty like you know i'm I'm good i have a good ear for music but some of this is went right over my head i just it's been i guess it's been a little bit between my last rewatch so it went right over my head but i, I do remember uh the hunter and crosshair stare down that we just said there that uh it was reminiscent of that so yeah i, I love the kind of like the musical notes and stuff like that like impending mystery and doom was abounding so i, I love that yeah i'm, I'm glad that you are able to get that out there that's awesome yeah i it's it, it you know with me music is always going to be one of the first things that i notice <laughs> well oh yeah i i don't know if y'all can tell but i i do play a little bit <laughs> so um i uh yeah, but yeah I, I dabble a little bit but i <laughs> i love i love music i love i love star wars music specifically and i love what all the different composers bring to the different shows kevin kiner specifically like shout out to him because like if you listen to the Clone Wars and if you listen to Rebels and if you listen to the Bad Batch, you can tell it's Kevin Kiner, but they are distinctly different scores and for each for each show. Um, and I do think I think I said this last week or the week before, but I do think that the music from uh, the Bad Batch has started on a stronger note than either of the previous animated shows that he worked on only because. I felt like the Clone Wars, <laughs> the music of the Clone Wars started really rough. Like, first of all, it was it was 2008 and there were certain things that were they were trying new stuff. They were they were trying these like weird uh, drum machine beats with the electric guitars and like all this stuff. And it just didn't feel right. It was really bizarre. If you go back and watch the Clone Wars movies and some of the earlier arcs in season one, it's really weird to listen to. But as the show went on. They really, uh, as the show went on, he really honed the sound for the show. And, um, man, some of the scores for like the, uh, uh, the Mandalore arcs later on in season five and then Ahsoka's final arc where she's leaving the order and 
the the music during Yoda's arc and the music in the in the Siege of Mandalore and all this. It is there's so many things that I can think of that are just so um, they're they're incredible. His his music is so good. And then Rebels sounds even different. Um, sorry about this music yeah. side side uh, side quest here that I'm going on. I just I can't help it. But the Rebels really settles in as well. I felt like Rebels was really safe at first. They went with, and I feel like it was kind of a mandate or something. Uh, but they use a lot of original trilogy themes. You know, the um, even when the theme of uh, like you know when you see Star Wars Rebels come onto the screen at the beginning of the episode, the music is. It's it, they use a lot the of those things. Noise. The Bro, it's noise so loud and obnoxious. Rebels intro. It really is so obnoxiously loud. It's 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 really funny. The first time I watched the show, I was like, "Whoa, okay, we're here now." <laughs> okay, <laughs> but uh, the dude by the end of Rebels, uh, especially seasons three and four, they really he really leans into like the use of cello and stuff and particularly with the stuff with Kanan at the end and uh, and like the wolves and stuff. It is just, it's just phenomenal. I got chills just thinking about it. But yeah, I did feel like this show started on a stronger note musically. No pun intended. It wow. really, it really, <laughs> sorry. It really did. Um, it, it's, it's, I love everything from like the main theme to like the little snare thing during the, to, during the intro um like the military the marching snare kind of a feel um yeah. i love it all and then like i said they bring in this uh this familiar really ominous synthy vibe from the last arc of the clone wars and it really works and uh yeah so a warrior uh warrior says i'm ready for the full release normally they do every four episodes then have the music out oh i'm needing that on spotify right now so i can listen to it yeah so i know with uh did they do every four episodes? I know with like the Mandalorian, they they did like half a season and then they released the other half later. Um, so I don't know. Maybe they'll do that. Maybe they'll do eight episodes and then eight episodes. Um, they might do that. Or maybe they just release it all at the end. I don't know. But um, and then Warrior also says Kanan scene music is top notch. And I agree. It's dude. Oh, it's, yes. It adds so much to it. But here we go. Drew, we are at. We are we're on uh, Braca. We're on the ship. We're uh, basically the the goal is to get to a medical bay so that they can do what Rex did and um, and and remove the chips um, from their heads. And getting there, why don't you? I think you need to explain this. What is that monster? <laughs> is that monster? Um, cause, cause it looks like, oh dude, warrior. I was just about to say it reminded me again of the, of Lord of the Rings, Mines of Moria warrior. You're on it, dude. I, I like yes. this. Um, it, but like whenever Hunter was like, uh, stay above, stay above the water. It really reminded me of that, of that line in Lord of the Rings. And I'm trying to remember the exact line, but it was basically like, don't disturb the water, um, or something like that. And, um, yeah, it's, it's. It was, it was, it was scary, <laughs> but, um, warrior says it's called a Dianoga, 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 Dianoga. Yes. A, Dian a Dianoga, which is the same monster that is in the trash compactor scene on the death star in a new hope. And I couldn't remember it until I watched a certain YouTube video this morning. 
uh, I had seen a Dianoga in another video game, and uh, Warrior has a YouTube account, and he posted on there. It was uh, Dark Forces, and uh, you're, there's a sewer level, and there's Dianogas in there that you have to, like, shoot and fight and evade and stuff like that. So, yeah, um, we'd never really seen that much of a full-scale look at it on the movie. You only really see the tentacles and stuff like that, but that is the same monster from the trash compactor on the Death Star called the Dianoga. So I thought that was very interesting because I didn't really put two and two together, but I had the subtitles on because I was eating snacks and it was very loud and it said Dianoga. And I was like, oh, sweet. That's such a cool reference there to have or, you know, kind of see that appear again. It was a it was neat. But yes, that it is... was much larger than the one on the, the Death Star. So uh, I was going to say that is to the size of their environment like fish. I was. Yeah. yeah OK, so that makes a lot of sense, because I was going to say this one is really a lot bigger because the one on the death star was like in like ankle deep water. And (laughs) it was like, obviously they didn't show it. They had probably very limited effects budget for that scene. But, um, at the time, but, uh, this one looks more like a, uh, not a rancor. I'm an idiot. Uh, the, uh, this one looks more like a, um, the mama whore. Yeah, it looks like that. It also kind of reminded me of the um, uh, Return of the Jedi. Oh my gosh, the Starlack. It looks like a Starlack um, kind of a thing, yeah, but, it was in, but it was in the water. Um, water so I, yeah, water Starlack. So I, I kind of thought that that was kind of what it looked like, but that makes more sense it, that it kind of grows to its in whatever environment it's in. But yeah, this that's that was pretty. Yeah. That was a fun little Easter egg, um, but also very scary. <laughs> They keep they keep bringing yes. this up uh, with uh oh what were you saying? Oh well no it was I was just agreeing it was a fun Easter egg but also this is twice now we've seen Wrecker very poorly deal with heights and crossing areas and stuff like that he did it in the last episode barely and on this one obviously he nearly dies so that well was, he did the Wrecker is he did that in yeah, the, in the Clone Wars. He did that in the Clone Wars, actually. Like the they made a they made a point to bring up that how Wrecker is afraid of heights in the Clone Wars, and they haven't specified it in the Bad Batch because they actually said that yes. in the Clone Wars. Um, but but yeah, yeah, you're right though. In this show in particular, it seems like every episode lately, Wrecker has to face his fear of heights. And um, dude, why didn't they just pull him up? They just sat there. I- I don't know. Maybe they thought it was kind of funny to tease them a little bit. Maybe they're just really confident in their skills. But it was like, oh, if yeah, start pulling them. Oh, there's a monster. Watch out. Yeah, because that that Dinoga was huge. Yeah, like that that thing was massive. But like he fell and he when, stopped. when you saw him coming up in the water, like yeah, but he fell and he stopped. Then he stopped falling. He got to the bottom, and they just sat there. They just sat there and looked at him. They didn't start to pull him up. They were like, Wrecker, come up here. <laughs> Like, dude, just pull him up. What are you like? <laughs> what are you doing? Just looking. Yeah, start start climbing, buddy. Good friends you are. <laughs> as far as uh, the, I think we hit another delay. It might be back. Yeah, we're here, y'all. My internet and my mobile setup thing here. It, I know Warrior seen pictures of my setup because uh, I've talked to him. I, I just, he knows that I need Starlink really bad when it becomes mobile. Uh, that like they're gonna allow people to have Starlink mobile like in like November December of this year so I need that really badly obviously but as far as framing and like cinematography let me call back a little music here uh last year I made a post when I was watching Rebels 
that there was a soundtrack excerpt that was straight from the movie Jaws that they used in Rebels season two when they first find Rex and uh, they're using the old clone Walker to hunt that little like Sarlacc type monster and eat it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So there was a Jaws, the, the Jaws music from the yellow barrel boat chase scene. Okay. And the, he like perfectly redid it there. The shot looking down from where the rest of the batch was. And uh, you see a wrecker there and you see the monster that I know coming up through the water, like as a silhouette that is identically like kind of shot and framed to a scene from Jaws that they do that in. And I just thought Dude. that was a could be a cool callback or it could just be me uh, uh, what projecting that in there. But uh, I just like, ooh, that looked just like that one scene in Jaws. Uh, Dude, the that's guys in awesome. the rowboat and uh, the kids are sitting there and they watch the shark come up. Yeah, I love Jaws. Dude, that's awesome. <laughs> even, so, uh, even the, you know, four sequels I look it up too. I need to rewatch Jaws because I actually haven't seen it in years. Um, but I, I need to rewatch it. Ooh. Um I, if nothing else for, for the music, but I love Steven Spielberg movies, but Jaws is one that I have seen, but it's been years and years since I've actually watched it. So dude, I, if nothing else, I want to see this scene just so I can see it as a, just so I can see it within the context of knowing uh, that star Wars used (laughs) that scene. I want to see what they did with it. I'll make sure I'm not crazy. I'll bring it up on YouTube and I'll try to get like a side by side screenshot and see if I'm not crazy. But in my head, I'm just like, oh, that looks just like the rowboat scene to me. I watch Jaws at least two to three times a year. H2, welcome back. Nice to see you here. Yeah, I was gonna say welcome back. I was gonna ask you how do you how do you read that, but now it makes sense. H2O, got it. Um, welcome back, man. Glad you're here. I'm I'm thankful that some of our uh some of people from Twitch have followed over to jump into the discussion. I appreciate that. Yeah, so, this this is great. Kudos. Welcome welcome all you Twitch people. <laughs> um yeah, this is like I said earlier in the in the at the beginning of this live stream. I'm going to be we're going to be doing this more often. We're going to be trying to do this um hopefully every week uh we're going to be doing a bad batch review. Um so be sure to come back and do this, but you guys, why don't you just go ahead and let us know in the chat what is your favorite or what did you think of this uh, week's bad batch episode i would love to know and uh, and we'll read we'll read your answers um on the live stream so uh yeah uh so let's let's continue while uh while while we have that going but uh let's continue so we got we've we've gotten across that you know <laughs> that scary fall from wrecker and um <laughs> uh yeah H2O says it's some say, huh? 2 <laughs> Um, and then we do have Utah Ranger. Welcome, Utah Ranger. Um, hey man, nice to see you. Yeah, so uh, so yeah, we got we're we're to the bay now. We're to the medical bay. Um, like I said earlier, uh Omega's having having some concerns about this, and I really, really like this scene because she said something. Something that kind of just brings home that fact or that that theme that we have been talking about every single week in this show, family. And uh, Omega tells Hunter, like, we don't know if it's going to work the same as it did for Rex. We, this could be really dangerous. If you guys die, if something happens to one of you, then I'm going to be here all alone. And um, – that scene broke my heart when she oh, said that. I was like, it was, oh. it was so sad. It was so beautiful. But what I love was Hunter's response to it. He says, 
we're not going anywhere, Omega. You're stuck with us for the long run. And it just brings back like you. It makes me think of that episode cut and run near the beginning of the show. The second episode, I think it was where Hunter wanted to leave her with um, with cut and Sue. He wanted to leave her with that family because he really thought that that was the best thing for her. And he was feeling insecure as a parent. But by this point, Hunter is now like you're in you're with us for the long haul where we are your family. We are your crew and we're not going anywhere. And I just thought that was a beautiful moment between those two. And, um, but yeah, what did you think of that scene? What do you think of that part? It was, uh, it was very beautiful. You know, I, that I, I heard someone or saw someone rather the other day say that Omega was annoying and I wanted to travel through the internet and strike this person in the head. Uh, <laughs> It was in another Star Wars group. And I was just like, I, I'm going to have to ignore this because she, th- this is a character that they're actually using for very pivotal plot points and character development. I mean, imagine this episode without Omega. Yeah, there's still stakes and there's still tension, but you add a child to the mix and it it escalates things to a point that, you know, not everybody can understand fully. And it's, I just thought that was incredible. I mean, she said, yeah, if you're gone, I have nobody. Uh, my heart was just I was like oh, oh my heart was just broken during that part and I think that I don't know if Hunter necessarily rethought it or or thought things through a second time but he I don't know it might have made him I don't know be a little more nervous during the situation and during the procedure especially with what happens um after that part but that was a really mm. neat part and uh I think part of that is uh rex you know having to also earn omega's trust uh because you know she trusts the bad bachelor her family but rex is a reg you know she's she's cool with that lingo now and calling everybody regs and trash talking people because she's one (laughs) of the bad batch members so rex yeah you fought with these guys in battle that's cool but you got to earn my trust first and i think with him saving her and you know not killing wrecker that was that was probably the the big key for Omega earning, or sorry, Rex earning Omega's trust. So it was a really great scene, and it yeah. leads us into the horror movie that we get right after that. <sighs> Chill, chills thinking about what's coming up next with uh, a certain infamous line that Wrecker says. <laughs> Dude, something I love, and I'm not a big horror movie fan um, at all. Uh, I, I really like suspenseful movies, though. And so for me, what a uh, successful, suspenseful movie can do um, is really build up the intensity and really build up that um, really build up that the there's something looming. There's something going to happen. And we don't know when it's going to happen, but something's happening. And I felt from the beginning of the episode when Rex is introduced and he gets, you know, when he, and he puts his hand on his gun, the music kicks in, is much darker. From that moment, this episode had a really, really dark feel. And I felt that tension rising every time something, every time Wrecker was on the screen. I just felt like we're getting closer. There's something going to happen. And in this medical bay, they're just they're you know they're kind of standing around talking. Wrecker is sitting there clearly in pain. 
um, and listening to them talk about what they're going to do or whatever. And uh, uh, Tech kind of is trying to put this device on that he kind of fashioned to uh, to help them locate the chip, I think. And it's at that point, Wrecker like like takes it off and he says, "Get up, get this off of me," or something like the uh, or something like that. And dude, from that moment on, it was like, "Okay, wait, what's gonna what's going on?" And when the moment that that it happened, the sound just kind of like cuts off, like, shh, and you see the change in his eyes, and. And he said, you're in violation of order 66 and lifts and lifts up tech and throws him dude. Absolutely horrifying. And then at this point, it's a monster movie is what it is. It's, it's, it's so scary. And it, why it's, here's why it's scary. And here's the brilliance. It's not just scary because there's a big murder clone. That's going to kill. That's going to kill the clones. That's that's not on its surface. That's not all that interesting. It's just kind of like it's it's kind of typical Star Wars action. What is brilliant about it is because it is scary because we love these characters so much. It's brilliant because the relationship between uh, between Wrecker and Omega has been developed to the point where Omega trying to get Wrecker to come back through to like kind of regain consciousness consciousness and regain the ability to uh to kind of have a choice in the matter it's just that whole thing where she's trying to get him to come out of that is it was so heartbreaking because because he it, it wasn't working and she was so like scared and sad and the way that they did that was just so brilliant to me because it was heartbreaking it was scary, but it was also just tinged with this sadness, dude. Such a great scene between uh, between the two of them, and then like Hunter holding his own for a minute, but eventually getting knocked out, basically. And like uh, it, it's it was horrifying. What did you think of the scene that we've been dreading for weeks? <laughs> we we knew it was coming. It was it was very pure. And real quick, Warrior, thanks for being here and giving us some really great talking points. Oh yeah. Thanks music. man. I appreciate it. And uh, thanks for coming by man. I really, really appreciate that. It was awesome. The, it was very skipping forward just to the part um, regarding Omega, just being in such shock. And this, this isn't you record come out of this. You, you need to listen to me that this isn't you're being controlled. It was just so sad and like, just like, ah, but it was just, it showed the the goodness of Omega and that you know what is she gonna do you know because there was a point where she had the gun and she had it pointed right right at him and uh, you know she was just shaken and I don't know I was just like what a horrible cir- circumstance for her to be in but the whole time she didn't want to shoot him she was saying hey this isn't you wrecker snap out of it please you know like stop this madness basically it was mm-hmm. very good but I thought that wrecker straight up killed tech when he choked him and threw him against the wall i was like it was brutal man it was a it caught me off yeah it caught me off guard and uh you're right when the when the sound went out and it kind of snapped and you know good soldiers follow orders when i heard that i said i was like oh we do that we're we're saying that again oh oh great i didn't want to hear that for a while i wasn't ready for it but we knew this was coming and 
it was uh, the buildup over a few weeks with his headaches and knowing that the chips were still in play because of Crosshair. It was like, okay, law of averages. I'm going to use that term without knowing what it means. Crosshair certainly can't be the only <laughs> one affected by the chip. And with his headaches coming and going, everything going on with record, we're just like, oh gosh, oh gosh. It's either going to be him or somewhere else out of left field. And he actually has a migraine or something like that. Who knows? But um, when he snapped and that music went off and, you know, you're in direct violation of order 66 and must be terminated. I'm just, I'm on the edge of my seat, like, oh, this is this is not okay. You know, if I was watching this with my nephew, he'd probably be a little, he might be a little scared right now. I don't know, but man, yeah. it was just so masterfully done. The payoff was uh, not only Jason Voorhees, Michael, and I don't even like scary movies either. But my mom, my mom likes them, so Michael Myers, Jason Voorhees, like killer chasing with an axe or a sword type thing. That's what I got from this. Except it was like a. It was like a gorilla chasing you somewhere, like breaking down things and being all crazy. So it was terrifying. But the payoff leading up to it from both the horror standpoint and the emotional payoff at the end when everything was good was just so was so good. Like, I think you tweeted or put on Facebook, like, how was that? That was the end of like act one of the Bad Batch. And it was a perfect way to do it with that big emotional payoff and kind of seeing the Bad Batch where they were with the chips gone and kind of brought together closer as a unit. And now Rex is in play yeah. one way or another. We'll see what the future holds, but man, it was just, it was, it was great. And it was like a murder killer chasing. I think someone said in the comments earlier uh, that it was, like, it was like alien, like, you know, running from yeah. a big monster on an, on an abandoned spaceship. I was like, well, that's, a, that's a good point right there. Good call. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Shout so alien. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's let's do this for a second here. Let's get caught up a little bit. Um, uh, so H two O says, um, well, first first of all, they say um, every week would be cool. I love that, dude. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be happening. Um, and by the way, for those of you still here, this will be. We will be doing live streams um, covering the Bad Batch every week, but there will also be an edited version going up. Um, on our podcast feed because this is actually a podcast so um, be on the lookout for that if you can't catch the if you can't catch the live stream for some reason uh, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast you'll be able to listen to it there but that's the plan to be able to listen to the podcast in audio form so um, but then h2o said I thought it was good wrecker had the headache for two episodes and now this one dude was it two I thought it was like three um it's it's been going on for a while yeah it's it's it, been concerning it, me for many it, yeah. weeks it was it was like really like in passing the very first time it happened like near the end of an episode but i feel like it's been happening for like three or four weeks now it's it it's it was it's been building up and it's been scary y'all <laughs> not gonna lie um i've been concerned greatly uh warrior did say more more reason for it to be a Game of Thrones finish, LOL. I don't really get that reference because I haven't seen Game of Thrones, although I, I know what, that a lot of people of hated it. What? I think he's referencing lots of death and important deaths is what I think he's going to be oh, referencing there. Yeah, I, th I, I foresee that as well. Um, oh, <laughs> he said via, via Palpatine Force Lightning. <laughs> um, Very well could be. Um, Please no, <laughs> I don't. I guess that could be. I guess that could happen, but I don't see them going up against Palpatine. <laughs> um, Somehow, H Palpatine appeared in the Bad Batch. I mean, he's definitely around here, <laughs> but it's uh, yeah. I don't know why he would fight them specifically. Um, H two O said, 
Yeah, Omega. Uh, yeah, Omega needed help, and Hunter didn't think twice. Dude, I agree. I think that that part was so beautiful. Like he's clearly come to the point where he's not as insecure about fatherhood anymore, and it's really such a beautiful moment. Um, uh, and then he said, "We can get more. We could probably get more people here for sure next time." And I, I love that. Thank you so much. That would be great. As as if you guys are enjoying this at all, go ahead. Feel free to share. Uh, feel free to share the the link to the live stream and feel free to do that because i will we will be doing this every week we would love to get more listeners in here i think it'd be a lot of fun and um but yeah feel free if you uh, if you enjoyed this feel free to share to share it with your friends and also if you're not involved in the facebook group we would love for you to be involved in the a certain point of view facebook group go go join that for lots of fun and like actual positive star wars fandom so um yeah glad you're here man glad you're here um, and then H2O you also, also says, join the Facebook group. I'm saying you can join the Facebook group for the hashtag keep Mace dead. <laughs> yeah, I, that is a, that is a hashtag that I have, uh, resurrected recently because I felt the need to apparently. Um, <laughs> uh, but H2O said, uh, it's like they, it's like, it's like they know they shouldn't do something, but the chip overrides them. A- absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's really horrifying and it's, it's really great because we knew this was coming, but even though I knew this was coming, I was on the edge of my seat, like biting my fingernails, just like, what's going to happen? And they just, it was just really well done. This episode was so well done. Let's talk about the end here. Oh yeah. So first of all, that scene, the scene where finally, okay. So Rex stuns Wrecker from behind. Thank God. Uh, and, and uh they put him in the machine and they take out his chip and um so they pull they pull out wrecker and it is uh it's it's a beautiful little moment uh omega says uh she's concerned because he's not awake yet and if you remember in the clone wars rex didn't wake up immediately either he had to kind of lay there for a minute ahsoka was fighting off other clones and eventually he woke up just in time but um same thing here with Wrecker. It was delayed. And uh Rex was like, what maybe you should take Omega topside um for for a minute until until he wakes up. And Omega goes, No, I'm staying here until he wakes up. Pulls up a chair, Pulls up a and, chair and everything. Yeah, and she just sits next to him and it's so so sweet. Holds his hand and um cuts away. And we come back. You can tell some time has passed, a little bit of time has passed, and we see Wrecker's hand move and he just puts his big hand on her little head and it's like, Hey kid. And it's just this like beautiful, sweet moment. That moment, as soon as he put his hand on her head, I was just like, Oh my gosh. So sweet. Um, uh, Ahsoka welcome. Uh, you said, sorry, sorry if you have already answered this, but what do you think will happen next episode? We will get to that in just a minute. We have not talked about that yet. Um, so, uh, we'll get to that in just a minute. So, but what I was, what I was going to say was this scene was just so, so beautiful and it really, it really kind of, uh, drove home again, the friendship between Wrecker and Omega. It was, it's just, it's, it's so, so sweet. And, um, and then you see the scene where Wrecker kind of, you know, Omega kind of starts to go do her own thing. And and Wrecker 
is like rubbing his head and you can tell he's thinking and like concerned and he's like, he feels bad. He walks over to Omega and apologizes to her. And she just immediately forgives him after everything that happened. And she gives him the space popcorn. <laughs> and it's the oh, sweetest little I moment. I It's the sweetest moment, possibly of the entire series. It is just so beautiful, the friendship between the two of them. Drew, what did you think of what did you think of all of this? Do you have any other thoughts on that? That was on the same level or better of uh, Din giving Grogu the shiny ball after getting him in trouble so often for playing with it when he wasn't supposed yes. to. Yes, yes. Um, when when she pulled up the little chair that she the, that huge metal chair, she could probably barely move and sat there and held his hand. That was just just wow. And then you have there was kind of like the music changed obviously a few minutes ago, but it kind of dropped to this like kind of a very ominous and then it was kind of bright and cheery and you had a little montage of them all going through the operation everything done they're wearing these matching bandages and everything it was just it was really sweet and then the moment where omega is just she doesn't even think twice about wow i can't you know i, I can't believe i would have been like wow you tried to murder me she's like no here's some popcorn it's tradition after we finish our mission that was just so sweet mm. and uh she and she was you know she she is a kid, but at the same time, she is very independent, and she is very strong-willed. She, you know, Rex is a captain. Hunter is the leader of the batch, and she tells them both, "No, y'all can go topside and get some air. I'm hanging out with Wrecker until he wakes up." And neither of them bat an eye. Like, okay, kid, you get what you want. You know, yeah. Uh, it was a very very wholesome moment. I loved it so much, and. Mm. uh I'm very interested to see where it goes from here, but it was also cool to see Rex in a Y wing. Uh, that was that was awesome. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, random shot up there, but Rex Rex flying a Y wing was pretty cool to see. Yeah, <laughs> maybe we can later see him actually in combat in the Y wing. That would also be cool. We need a we need some sort of like space or aerial battle in the show before it's all said and done with like uh, like the batch and their gunship doing something. That'd be really cool. Yeah, I totally I totally agree, and uh, I. I Listen, Rex doing anything is really cool. I just love, I just love Rex to death. Uh, Drew, would you mind going through and just reading a couple of the comments there, really quick? I got to do something really quick. Yeah. Uh, actually, uh, the, our latest one is uh, H2 said it was a very wholesome moment, which it definitely was. Uh, we have a comment from Michael Hoover. I don't know who that is. We're talking about the <laughs> that's bad me. Disney Plus. Oh, wait, that's you. What am I? Yeah. Okay. About? So, so I'm, I. I'm so, and then uh, obviously uh, we'll get to in a moment the what's happening next. Yeah. So uh, for whatever reason, I am. Uh, whenever I respond in in uh, in Streamyard, it is responding as you on Twitch. It, I don't know why it's doing that and not me on Facebook. <laughs> um, so I don't, I can't figure that out, but I'm over talking to my aunt who's in the chat on Facebook, which isn't showing up on StreamYard. So it's just all kind of a mess. So that's what, that's why that's all confusing over there. Um, oh, do we have any Facebook comments? Cause I don't have, I don't have Facebook brought up or else I, we could have been missing some comments there. I'm not sure. We actually really don't. All of our, all of our people are from, uh, are in, are from Twitch tonight. There's like no one in except for my aunt and she's not there anymore. So, <laughs> so. and that was a last minute decision to try to backdoor this into Twitch yet. Here we are. And there you go. It's all, oh, all wow. thanks to drew. Um, and so I tried it before and it did not work. I was, I've, broadcasted our live stream from like a month ago 
on Star Wars Day, and I was going for an hour until somebody was like, "Yeah, this is what I'm mute the whole time," and I was like, <laughs> "Dude, I'll tell you what we we could tell some stories about some failed live stream things." <laughs> Oh Man, goodness. that last one I tried to do was an absolute disaster. So let's do this really quick. Let's talk about I want to ask you guys first, what do you think? What do you guys think is going to happen in the next episode? So I think the uh, there's I think there's one thing that's obvious. And I, I'm not good at speculation. I just kind of like to personally, I like to kind of see where it's going. I like to kind of see where they're going to take me without building up my own expectations and like, oh man, it would be a missed opportunity if blank didn't show up. I'm not about doing that. That's not kind of, that's not my, that's not my thing. Um, I, I think I have a healthier mindset because of it personally, but, um, but I yes. do think, I do think one thing is pretty obvious. The, the, uh, the, what do they call the scrappers guild? The scrappers guild is clearly going to notify yeah. the empire, which means they're not just going to send anybody. I think they're going to send crosshair. And um, and a battalion of clone Absolutely. troopers, or of uh, or of stormtroopers of some kind, and so I am I am eagerly awaiting the arrival of Crosshair next week. That is what I'm thinking will happen. What about you, Drew? What do you think? I think it's. I'm really thinking Crosshair is going to come hunting, possibly Finnick Sean, because she is obviously after them as well. We can't forget she's out there, and she gave the Bad Batch a work over just a few episodes ago. Oh, um, yeah. So her and well, Crosshair could show up at the same time and have some sort of duel. That would be fun to see. And yeah, because I think it's very possible that uh, you might see Death Troopers. I think that's possible too. And also, I think I, I like what you just crazy said. Nose in my head. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, but I, I was gonna say I think that's really a great point because I think the uh, it's pretty it's, it's pretty apparent for me at least that someone uh, the person who hired Fennec Shand is not the Empire. It's pretty clear to me that it, it seems to me that I can't, my theory is that the Kaminoans hired fennec shan because they want omega back so that they can show yes. that so that they can show that their uh that their clones are more are superior and um they need her dna and uh and so i get the sense that they have hired fennec shan while crosshair will be obviously with the empire and so it would be really interesting if they both showed up in the same episode and went kind of Head to head against each other. That would be very fascinating. I hadn't even considered that before. That's a great idea. I love that. It just, it just popped in there. I had to get it out there, you know. That's I, great. I, I do agree that I believe it's the the Kaminoans that have hired uh, Finnick because Omega is their meal ticket because uh, Tarkin and the Empire want nothing to do with Kaminoans and the clones because they're worried about saving money. Obviously, they have bigger projects in mind with you know, building, finishing a Death Star and building Star Destroyers and yeah. things like that. So they got to cut costs somewhere. And uh, obviously the clone army uh, was pretty expensive, whoever paid for that along the way. So mm -hmm. uh, very interested to see how that uh, shakes up. But uh, I think there's a collision course upcoming. I don't know if it's the Batch and Crosshair, the Batch and Finnick, or all three combined, or someone else we've not seen yet. And Honestly, the Scrappers Guild could turn out to be very dangerous. The beginning of this week's episode could very well be on on Braca 
uh, with them trying to escape and some things going wrong. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And yeah, I, I agree. And really quick, Ahsoka Toe says, what do you think the, uh, what do you think of the dark trooper in episode one? Um, I'm trying to remember the dark trooper in episode one. Drew, do you remember the dark trooper in episode one? And specifically, Ahsoka, uh, Toe, what do you, what do you mean by what do you think of that? I'm, I'm not, no, I'm not, I don't know if I'm following oh. the question. I remember it was in the training module uh, on on Camino. There was what resembled to be a uh, kind of a pre phase one, like oh, early the, development type the dark ones trooper that, in the training module. Yes, that was white. The one that and, and Tarkin basically like told them to take the like give them actual weapons to use right in the in the simulation. Yes, yes, those are the ones. So I feel like okay. that might be. Uh, that their earliest development of dark troopers possibly was uh, from these training modules. So yeah, 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 uh, yeah. You got to you got to field test it somewhere, right? So why not in there? Well, and you said, what do I think of it? Uh, well, the Bad Batch kind of kicked their butts, so I loved it. <laughs> um, yeah, they uh, did. Yeah, I mean, and I think that's just a testament to like how how great this show is because what's really interesting is they had no problem with the dark troopers. Um, in that simulation, even though they weren't shooting, they were shooting real guns. They were trying to actually kill them. They had no issues with them, really. They they beat them pretty easily because they're elite. But as soon as you take them out of their element, yeah. we have seen time and time again them out of their element, trying to get used to being civilians, kind of on the run. And now they're like trying to be bounty hunters, and it's not as easy to them. They are not elite bounty hunters. They are not good at being just citizens yet. They are, they are very uncomfortable quite often, like all the time. And so I love that because I think the show wouldn't have been as interesting if the, if the whole time they were these like invincible, uh, elite, you know, fighting clones the whole time. They're always just kicking everyone's butts. I don't think that would have been as interesting. Now that said, I want some awesome clone fights coming up. I want some awesome uh, Clone Force 99 versus Stormtrooper fights. And I think we're going to get those. And I think they're going to be awesome in that setting because that's more like what they're used to, right? That's more like that's more like the kind of uh, combat yeah. that they are trained for, that they are used to. They, they, they were bred for it. And so... Um, I'm very excited to see what we have next as far as uh, as far as action goes. I think a shootout of the batch with Rex and maybe some friends versus Crosshair commanding a commando unit of early production death troopers would be quite something to see. Whew. This is getting this is getting loaded. <laughs> it's getting heavy. I mean, I love you got to think uh, this is around around close to the time of Rogue, you know, well, not close to the time of Rogue One, but, uh, you know, the Death Trooper garrisons and stuff on uh, Scarif might be already going on. And uh, I don't know, Crosshair's armor was awfully remnant of Death Troopers. So I don't know, something to think about. It could be cool to see them uh, again in live action. I mean, not live action, but animation. Yeah. Sorry, I'm getting mixed up here. <laughs> you're good dude you're good yeah i do love that we're getting to see this crossover between animation and uh and and like the mandalorian and stuff we get fennec shand we get dark troopers we're getting like all of this awesome mm -hmm. 
all this awesome stuff. Um, now, um, Drew, do you have any uh, extra thoughts um, before we kind of head out? I think we got a couple more comments we can read, but do you have any extra thoughts on the episode? Just kind of uh, final thoughts. Really, it was it, top to bottom. It was a it was a very complete episode that it was fast paced, but it didn't go mm -hmm. by quickly. It was just very kind of like with the speed episode, it was, it was very evenly paced and there was a lot of details in there, but none of them were overly hard to miss. It was just, it was very well executed from a technical standpoint uh, for both casual fans and hardcore viewers who are sitting there looking for details and taking notes and things like that. It's just top to bottom. It's uh, yeah. it's up near the top. I would say of episodes of the bad batch they've had so far, really, that's a uh, kind of my final thought there, but really it was, it was incredibly well done. I loved it. I agree, man. I think it does stack up. So, like, for me, it would be the first two episodes and this one are the three best episodes we've had. Um, I've really enjoyed the others in between um, for different reasons, whether they're just, like, really fun or good character stuff or, uh, you know, there's a whole bunch of good action or whatever. There's a lot of good things about all the other ones, too. I've really enjoyed every episode. There hasn't really been a dud this season. But this episode, no. for me, does stack up with – my my favorite episodes but besides this one are the obviously the first one it's like a movie it's amazing and then one that a lot of people kind of write off but i think is just so so good is cut and run the second episode the the character oh, development yeah. in that episode is just so good it's so beautiful and also it's gorgeous to look at but like I love that episode. I think this episode stacks up with that one, but I still think I like cut and run even just a little bit better, but I don't know. It's just, it really gave me vibes of, uh, the sanctuary episode of Mandalorian. And, mm -hmm. uh, and I love that episode of the Mandalorian as well, which a lot of people kind of like poo poo that one too. Um, and I, I don't know. I just love, I like the side quest nature of this show and I like because because character development happens through the whole thing. And um, I, I like that about The Mandalorian, too. So that said, this one was great because it did have the character stuff, but it also did really move the plot along, answered some questions we had and set up the next half of the season, which it really did feel like the end of act one. And I saw someone tweet that it's not an original thought, unfortunately for me, but I saw someone tweet that. Um, the day that the episode came out. And um, I think that's a great way to describe that. It, it really just felt like everything that we were concerned about with Wrecker came to a head um, in this. We're, we're kind of wrapping up everything uh, with the, uh, we're kind of wrapping up everything there with, with the other characters as well with um, it kind of feels like the bounty hunter stuff with Sid is kind of, is going to kind of be going by the wayside here pretty soon. Um and we know that the we know that the empire is going to be on its way soon and it feels like once that happens it really feels like the show is about to just take a different direction with different stories and i'm really excited and i think we've almost seen everything from the trailer which also excites me because if you remember the mandalorian we saw we at at the end by the end of episode four, we had seen everything that was in the trailer. Nothing left, nothing left in the show. We had no idea what was coming next over the next four episodes because we had seen everything up to that point in the trailer. And so 
uh, we're I think there's like one or two shots from the trailer left in this uh, left in this show, which really excites me because there's eight episodes or nine episodes left of this show. And um, it really excites me that we have no idea. We have no idea where it's going. Um, it's exciting, dude. Mystery I'm greatly it. abound. Yeah, I'm loving it, man. Me too. Um, okay, let's let's do I, a I couple. Think I'll of be able questions. to answer that question pretty well. Okay, I'll read it and you can answer it. Um, so, yeah, first of all, first of all, H2O says Grand Moff Tarkin is there and in movies. He is always around Vader. Is that possible for the Bad Batch? If you're saying. You, if you think it's possible that Tarkin and uh, that Vader shows up with Tarkin at some point, yeah, definitely. I think it's definitely possible. Um, and they definitely wouldn't have given that away in the trailer. So um, <laughs> I, I do think that is possible. I don't. I it's. I think it's very plausible too. I um, I don't know if I'd bet money on it, but it's definitely a possibility for sure. I think. Um, what do you think, Drew? Um, I think it's not only possible, but very likely yeah. especially if you get the legends adaptation of the Kaminoan uprising where mm-hmm. vader and uh some of the empire go to Kamino to quell an uprising of the Kaminoans and the clones against the empire i think vader would be kind of top choice to go lead that mission alongside yeah. crosshair possibly so yeah that would be that would be a lot of fun i think vader and we i think we did this on the uh, podcast a few weeks ago talked about people we see show up vader and boba fett are two of my top choices of kind of the surprise or big like a uh, top tier characters to show up so absolutely yeah. uh like i said where tarkin is vader is also yeah yeah i love it i think that's a great point and then um ahsoka toe says do you think the prototype dark trooper was a was a decanon of what we were told in mando no, because I think these were just basically test robots. Uh, and, you know, here's some headcanon for you. Tarkin liked what he saw from these droid uh, dark troopers, you know, in this training module. And who knows, they could have just closely resembled dark troopers, uh, such as that happened in Rebels. There were some droids that looked like dark troopers that we saw in Mando. Uh, but he might have saw the dark troopers and said, yeah, these are good. But imagine if you had fighters like those Bad Batch guys in a suit like that, they'd be unstoppable. So, no, I don't think it is. I just think this is like uh, pre-phase one. This is just like a test yeah. test and development unit. So that's yeah, how I, I took it. The, the best the, way to approach it. Yeah, that's that's how I took it, too. The ones in The Mandalorian were definitely later on. Like, they're just like newer models. Um, I And and I think that's great. Also, the uh, the stuff that's so far, I, correct me if I'm, if you can think of anything, uh, but I, I kind of, I kind of think that the, so far, the shows have really stayed true to each other. Like they, as far as canon stuff goes, the shows and movies, for the most part, I, I really can't think of any examples where they break canon um, in the movies and TV shows. It's the it's the the shows sometimes break the canon from the books and the comics. Maybe that's like another yes. like a lower tier of canon, <laughs> you know. Um, but the the movies and TV shows really interweave and they I, I feel like they generally stay very much on point with canon so to me this is just a this is just a step in the evolution of the dark troopers yeah and i think the only thing as far as like uh my, my new word retcon uh goes is uh i think the comics every now and then have kind of played something out differently but that's also just 
a different adaptation of media. Sometimes uh, something will happen or look differently in a comic because it's not a movie. So yeah. there, there's some things that I've heard rumors of that are slightly different between uh, like uh, episode one of The Bad Batch where uh, Caleb Doom uh, and them are, you know, in, encountering Order 66 or something there that happened differently in a comic book. But right. It yeah, seems yeah. minuscule as far as I'm concerned. Well, yeah, because, there's been a couple know, of those things. Canon and detail if you remember. Yeah, there's been a couple uh, of those things in the show. Super puberty um, Caleb Doom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 40-year-old, 13-year-old Caleb Doom. Uh, no, I, I, I think that the show has done that a few times, apparently. I And I'm – it doesn't bother me. I'm not a – I'm not a – honestly – to this point, I'm not a canon or book consumer as far as Star Wars goes. Generally, Star Wars has always been a visual, um, a movie and TV show thing for me. It's and even TV shows is it's new for me. I'm I'm I just watched the Clone Wars for the first time. Uh, I want to say like a year and a half ago, I finished it finally. Um, and I just watched rebels after that. So those are actually relatively new for me. Now I've watched them on repeat ever since. And I'm a huge fan of those, but, um, but the, the books and comics I've just never gotten into. I, I like to watch them on the screen. I like to watch star Wars on screen in theaters on my television Though that's how I just love to consume Star Wars. I haven't found something that really pulled me into the books or comics yet. Yet, I think I will. Um, I have a feeling. I have a feeling some of this High Republic stuff is going to suck me in. So, oh, it, it has. I finished uh, Light of the Jedi before I finished Catalyst, and I started Catalyst three years ago. Oops. Nice. <laughs> the Catalyst is very good. It's the uh, it's the kind of the precursor to Rogue uh, to Rogue One, and it's very good. Uh, but it's a hard copy. And when I got my hands on an audio book, it was just so much easier to consume that way. So I think with High Republic, that'll get me more into the book side of Star Wars. Gotcha. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to get into that. I also do have – I bought a few books back here. I don't know if you can see them clearly on the screen, but there's a few books back there. I have Light of the Jedi. I have the Thrawn trilogy, the canon one, um, and I have – uh bloodline as well um and i'm really excited to watch all of, oh and lost stars so i did buy these books with the intention of reading them i'm going to read them i'm very excited to read all of those um but i just haven't yet i haven't i haven't done it yet i will <laughs> i will but um okay guys y'all thank you so much our our new friends on twitch over here uh thank you so much for joining us like i said earlier this will be going up. An edited version will be going up on the audio feed. And we're going to do that um, every week. We're going to do Bad Batch live streams. And we're going to do um, – at least that's the plan right now. And we are going to put audio versions of that. So if you miss the live stream, you can subscribe to the podcast feed and you can um, and you can check it out there. Um, but then if you guys aren't members of the Facebook group, the A Certain Point of View Facebook discussion group – we would love to have you over there. Go join that. It's it's a lot of fun. Um, it's it's honestly like it's such a great community, and we have an absolute blast over there. Positive Star Wars fandom. Um, really try. We really try to, uh, you know, just we really try to uphold a standard over there of being a positive fandom, but also just a real, uh, just a real fandom too. You can have negative opinions, but you just that we only ask that you respect each other and each other's opinions. And so um, we'd love to have you over there in, in the group. So please go join that and be awesome. And then uh, make sure you go follow us on Twitter at certain underscore POV pod and on Instagram at certain point of view pod as well. 
Um, so yeah, Drew, do you have any other thoughts before we go? Nope, nobody brought up the last Jedi, so I just wanted to do it because one of us has to. That didn't happen one time, man. That's and that's a record. We were for me. we were focused today. We, we were, were focused we were, today. I'm proud of this. You know? Laser, laser focused. Yeah. Um, I <laughs> if you guys want to hear my thoughts on the last Jedi, spoiler alert, they're positive. Uh there's plenty of podcast episodes where we talk about that so uh go check us out you guys and uh, thanks stuff. for joining seriously again we hope i hope you guys come back next week uh it's gonna be a lot of fun and i have a feeling we're gonna have a lot to talk about so come back next week it'll probably be sunday night again i imagine we'll see but um yeah so you guys thank you so much and until next time may the force be with you